in, in these Bibles. And if you'd like one of these Bibles, just pop your hand up and, um, and Martin, uh, put it into your hands. Claire, over to you. Okay, Matthew 6, starting at verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, all his splendour, was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? You little faith. So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Uh, good. Am I on here? One, two. Can you hear me? No? Oh, it's all going so well. It is on. Oh, it's very quiet. Can... One, two. One, two. One, two. Three. I do know the next number as well. Okay, we're there. Uh, good morning, everyone. It is lovely to see you here. Uh, last week, uh, lots of us were at Revive, and I was uh, invited up onto the big stage to do a notice. Uh, But uh, there's something special about just being a family, isn't there? Uh, There may have been 2,000 people there, but uh, this is is more important. What we do here every week, uh, gathered together as a church family uh, in our local community serving God. So let me pray as we begin and look at uh, this passage. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray now that you'd speak to us through it by your spirit. We thank you for each other, that we can know one another. 
We can share life. We can be uh, your hands and feet on this earth. We can be family. And so we pray that you would help us to love and serve you more today. And we pray for those of us, if we don't know you, if we haven't given our lives to Jesus, that you would show us for the first time today how precious you are, how much grace you show us, and how we need you for salvation. Amen. Uh, do keep that passage open. Uh, we're continuing our series through uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to 7. And uh, we reach this verse today, chapter 6, verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. How easy it is to store up wealth for ourselves. Uh, salaries on the whole are good to excellent compared to the rest of the world at least. Uh, promotions and training is kind of a, a given uh, for, uh, for us. Uh, housing values go up and up and up as long as you can get on a property ladder. Uh, banks are regulated to protect our savings. We've got good legal and political systems to protect our possessions uh, and stuff, material possessions, cars, homes, clothes, gadgets. Well, that's all insured. So if, you know, moth and vermin and rust do get in, well, we'll get them back. So all is fine. Life should be pretty good for us, shouldn't it? All of this wealth and possessions, all protected, all safe. It should be good for us. So why is it we worry about money? Why, why is it we worry about material things and prosperity and pensions and homes? Uh, now Jesus in this passage is, is not so much against prosperity so much as he is against our attitude towards it. He says, do not store up for yourself treasure. Uh, the idea uh, is that we're, we're collecting everything we can and storing it up for ourselves. We're seeking prosperity and wealth for ourselves in a way that is demonstrating that that is what we are living for. Uh, we are living to grow our prosperity, to be more comfortable, says Jesus. And if we're doing that, then we're not living for God. Not because prosperity is bad, but because our attitude is bad. If we live for prosperity, it is in effect saying that we worship money, says Jesus, and you cannot worship two masters. Have a look at uh, verse 24 in our passage towards the end. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Uh, the word here, money, uh, originally was the word mammon. I think I've said that right. Uh, in, originally, it meant to, it sort of meant to entrust to. So, uh, like you might entrust your money to a bank to look after it safely for you. Uh, it then also developed into a name of a, a god for prosperity, a prosperity god. Uh, and then from that, those two together, it sort of merged into this idea that mammon meant to trust in. Uh, I.e. you would trust in the god of prosperity, mammon, to provide for your needs. Or you might trust in your savings to provide for your needs. In other words then, Jesus is talking about having an attitude towards money that means we trust in it. 
if only I had a little bit more money than I have now, then I'd have nothing to worry about. That's trusting in money. If I just have a big enough house, then I'll all be sorted. Uh, My life will just be complete if I have enough saved in the bank for that rainy day. We trust in money to be our God. We trust in money so that our life is fulfilled. That's why we worry so much about money and possessions and material and prosperity, because it is our God in whom we trust to provide. I wonder if that sounds like you or me today, worrying about our prosperity. Uh, It's not actually surprising, though, is it, that we worry about material things when Mammon is the God of the world in which we live. Our whole world worships mammon, and it's unashamed about it. Our systems, our thinking are all designed to protect and to grow our wealth. Uh, If our economy doesn't grow year after year, then we call it recession. It's a bad thing. If we don't get an annual pay rise, we consider it a slur against our hard work. It's a personal insult. If our property doesn't go up in value, then we're disappointed. If we don't you know, have the right dress for that occasion, this is a problem I often struggle with, uh, or I don't have the right computer for my image, or I, don't, I can't afford the right quality of food that I'd like to eat, it's all a problem. It's how our world operates and thinks. The world worships mammon. And so we worry about it all of the time. And our worry betrays who our God is. You see, we worry about what we worship. That's why Jesus says, immediately after saying that you can't serve both God and money, verse 25, therefore, if that's the case, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Uh, If we are worried about the clothes in our wardrobe or or what we're going to buy next or the car that we're driving or how big our house is or how we're going to afford the next extension or how we're going to make sure we can afford to send our kids to private school or how we can afford the next holiday that's got to be a bit better than the last one. It tells us about what we worship, says Jesus. If we're worrying about money, then we are trusting in money for life not trusting in God. It's really ironic, isn't it? The very thing that our world, and perhaps we live for, is the very thing that brings us worry. We're all slaves to something, and normally it's money or an extension of it. We have to keep on serving it to get more, to get what we need, to to provide for us. If you're not a Christian here today, then you still worship something. You're still a slave to something. Whatever you are living for, that is your master. And it's almost certainly related to money in some way. Uh, Money is a cruel master, though. Uh, Moth and vermin destroy it, says Jesus. Uh, We know, don't we, the more we have of it, the more we need It's like drinking salt water when you're thirsty. You just need some more. Never satisfied. The rich will uh, 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 tell us, 
that I'm, we're never satisfied. We always need more. And where does it all lead? Nowhere. We will all still die. We spend all our days worrying about it. And Jesus says, verse 27, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Oh, what a sad world we live in. And how sad that as Christians we keep slipping back into the world's ways. We worry about all of this. But there is a far better way. Have a look at verse 20. But, says Jesus, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. There is another type of treasure, he says, and a different place to keep it. In eternity, in heaven. There's no destructive moths or vermin there. There's no thieves to break in. There's no recessions. Our deposits are guaranteed and insured and have unending interest. We can stop pursuing earthly treasure and pursue heavenly treasure instead. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if our heart is in heaven, all the worries and concerns of this life disappear into insignificance by comparison. So what is this treasure that we're to store up in heaven? It's a good question. Well, he tells us in verse 33, this is the treasure in heaven. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added onto you as well. Treasure in heaven is seeking God's kingdom and righteousness. Uh, Jesus has actually spent nearly two whole chapters telling us this so far. And this is like the big uh, culmination of all his teaching. So uh, just flick back to chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We're blessed if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Or verse 10 in chapter 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of, of heaven. Verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and also glorify God, your Father in heaven. We're storing up treasure in heaven. Verse 19 to 20. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. You'll have built up treasure. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Living for God and in obedience to him and his word stores up treasure in heaven. And there are many ways to do that. Uh, he, Jesus says in verse 21 to 25, don't get angry. 27 to 30, don't look at others in lust. Verses 31 to 32, don't seek divorce. Verses 33 to 37, don't break your word. Verses 38 to 40, uh, 42, don't seek revenge. Verses 43 to 48, love your enemies. There's a lot to do to build up treasure in heaven. And then we do all of this, chapter 6, not because, uh, so that we look good, 
not so that we're hypocrites and certainly not to earn salvation. We do not earn salvation, the kingdom of heaven, by doing these things. We're already there in Jesus. But this is the way to build up our treasure. He says it's about the heart and you do it all for an audience of one, the Lord God Almighty. Three times he says at the beginning of chapter six, uh, have a look at verse four as an example. Uh, Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We have an audience of one. We do it all for the Lord, not for ourselves or anyone else. And so chapter six, one to four, we give with a pure heart. Verses five to 13, we pray with a pure heart to our heavenly father. Verses 14, we forgive as we have been forgiven. Verses 16 to 18, we sacrifice with a pure heart before God. Verse 19 of our passage, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, If we believe the headline of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, uh, which we get right at the beginning, his first words, chapter 5, verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If we believe that, then we no longer need live for earthly treasure. We no longer need worry about anything. We can come to God with our empty hand, poor in spirit. We've got nothing to offer him, poor in spirit. We simply come in repentance for our failure to live as he desires us to. We're not perfect before him. But when we come with an empty hand in humble repentance, in return we receive the kingdom of heaven and that is now where our heart is. And so we live for him today. We build up our treasure through loving obedience and joy in Jesus. Surely the only thing we need worry about now, if that is all true and we believe it, is living for him. Uh, Sin. Hell, death, judgment, that is all gone for the one who has repented and believed, who comes poor in spirit before Jesus. And instead we have eternal, joyous, wonderful, perfect eternity with God our Father, with Jesus as our glorious King. How can we worry about uh, what we will eat or what we will drink or what we will wear when we belong to a different kingdom? In fact, it's quite an insult to God in whom we say we trust to then worry about earthly things. Uh, So if we don't get that new promotion or or we can't get the career that we want to get or we can't buy the food we want or we can't get the latest iPhone, if we can't afford the next holiday, uh, we need all that just to progress in life, just to be happy. Well, do we need all that to progress and be happy in life? It depends what we think life is. And Jesus says, this is not life. Jesus says, true life, real inheritance, your true home is with your rightful king, Jesus, in all eternity. When he comes again or we die, we will meet the risen Lord Jesus. And that is where we want our treasure forevermore. 
Don't live for today or even for tomorrow, says Jesus. Live for the day we die. Store up all your treasure of righteousness and obedience to God for that day so that when Jesus returns, we enjoy eternity with him forevermore. We live with the light of eternity in our eyes. That is what Jesus is calling us to. I think that's what verses 22 to 23 is about. Have a look. Uh, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Depending on where you're looking will affect how you live, it will affect your body. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If even the light coming into our bodies is just the earthly stuff, the stuff we worry about, then how dark is even our light? It's darkness. Instead, we are wonderfully freed from our present life because we live for the life to come. So if you like, we have our backs to the world and we're running up towards eternity and storing up our treasure for that day. So verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Yes is the answer, just in case you weren't sure. We are more valuable than birds. Uh, But what does that mean? Does that mean, well, we'll never go hungry then? There's not a single Christian in the world who's hungry. I don't think so. Does it mean Christians can't suffer in any way? Because look, he provides for the birds. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Have a look at his next illustration, verse 28. 28. Why do you worry about clothes? See uh, See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. I love this illustration because it appears to be entirely backwards, doesn't it? We're more important than the birds who are fed, but the best-dressed man who ever lived, after me, of course, in world history, King Solomon, doesn't even come close to the flowers of the field. What's Jesus saying? Tough luck? Uh, There's no point worrying because you're just never going to make it. Look at the grass. That's better than you. Look at the birds, they don't, they, they get fed. But if our eyes are on eternity, which Jesus has already told us, this illustration makes a lot of sense. Verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, okay, better than anyone who has ever lived, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Uh, The grass of the field may be stunningly dressed, but it's here today and gone tomorrow, thrown into the fire. Repentant believers in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, poor in spirit, brothers and sisters, we are here today, but we are not gone tomorrow. Tomorrow we live eternally. There is no fire for us when judgment comes because we stand in Jesus. Unlike those who refuse to bow the knee to Jesus. When Christ returns, we will be dressed and fed more gloriously than our tiny minds could ever comprehend now. 
we will echo the glory of God every day for all eternity, far more than the birds are fed or the grass is dressed. How little faith we have when we worry about this earth, about prosperity and money. We do not belong to this earth, but to the kingdom to come. Perhaps even Solomon uh, looks back and wonders why he made so much effort all that time with the tailors, measuring him and sorting him himself out, when he could have had one worry or concern on his mind, and that was to seek the kingdom of God. So, verse 31. So do not worry about, uh, do not worry, saying, what should we eat? What should we drink? What should we wear? For the pagans, just, just means people that don't believe in God. The pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Uh, I wonder what it is that uh, keeps you awake at night. I wonder if it's worth thinking deeply uh, in our hearts what it is that concerns us and worries us. Have those things become our God whom we serve? And so instead, when we awake at night or we're, we're sat stressed at the office desk late at night, remind yourself that we do not belong to this kingdom we seek the kingdom to come. We store up treasure there by serving and obeying Jesus alone. We trust in God, not in mammon. Of course, we should work hard. That's right. We can enjoy material blessings in this life. God's given them to us. We, we can go on holiday. We can live in a good house. We can buy clothes. It is right to work hard and provide for our families. But we do not serve or need worry about those things. They serve us so that we can serve God. And how good a God he is. I mean, of course, the general experience of the Christian life is that he does provide all those other things as well. That's what Jesus means. Very few of us here can claim that God has not cared for us. But even when we don't receive what we're tempted to worry about, we remind ourselves where our heart is, where our treasure is. We look forward to the day when we will be dressed better than the grass of the field. So each time uh, we worry this week, it is an opportunity to remind ourselves that Jesus has given us everything we need. We need not worry, for we belong to eternity. Let us not be enslaved to mammon. Let us be enslaved to the wonderful King Jesus and store our treasure with him in eternity. Uh, let me pray. Our Lord and our Heavenly Father, bring us to humble repentance before you today. For we worry about much and our worry shows us who we worship. May we trust in you and you alone for all these things. May we build up treasure in heaven. May we seek your kingdom and righteousness, seeking to live for you and you alone. Free us from the grip of worry. 
free us from the grip of mammon in this world. And may we have our backs to the gods of this world as we strive forward to live for you every day. We thank you that we are saved freely by grace in Jesus, poor in spirit, with an empty hand we come to you. And so we trust you now that you will keep us eternally. Amen.